Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today we're joined by dynamic community building and business development expert. As Alo Yoga's New York head of community, co-founder and VP of business development for a venture-funded social commerce platform, to now the head of community at the Female Founder Collective. With a love for people, Carly Roth is dedicated to building a network for female entrepreneurs to accelerate both their personal and professional brands. Welcome, Carly. Hi, Eloisa. Thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be here. Likewise. Well, let's dive right in. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Yes. So I have always, as mentioned, have had a love for people and bringing people together. Um, when my family immigrated from South Africa to San Diego many moons ago, um, there was already a consistency consistent community being built of South African Jews. So what ended up coming to the surface was this organization called South African Jewish American Communities that was called SAJAC. Um, my mom was president for a good amount of time and it was a really special experience to think back on because all of the families sort of arrived in America were trying to figure it out together. Uh, all the kids went to the same school all the big barbecues and activities we did were always done with families. We would go to the beach for Shabbat and there would be about 30 families. All the kids would be together. And on a weekly you know, rotation, we would have a small group of families and Shabbats would just be consistent. And I think from a very young age, I saw my parents surrounding us by family and culture and tradition and community. And I saw how that has impacted myself and as I've grown up. So if I look back, it's no surprise that I have so much joy in bringing people together and being that person who was organizing the prom limos and the formals and the dinners. And, you know, fast forward to being in New York after being in school in Boulder and being recruitment chair in my sorority, I found myself creating an opportunity where with one of my best friends from high school, Yvonne, where we were creating a world in which young professionals can do things together. And we, I remember us looking around and being like, why are there 30 of us trying to get into One Oak and never really understanding why we couldn't get into these clubs, but always finding ourselves bringing new people to the table. Yvonne, from, she had all these friends from USC. I had all these friends from Boulder and just realizing that the love of human connection was at the core of all of it. So that was the real start of the journey was just uh, meeting new people. It really sounds like it was just such a natural fit. You know, for me, something that I've always talked about is relationships are at the core for businesses. They're at the core for people to be able to be successful. And the relationships that you had formed, it's almost like the, the fundamentals of having a meaningful human connection with someone that is what sparked kind of this larger need and, and kind of larger desire for you to help others in that capacity. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole mission, our company was called DBD Social because life comes at you day by day. And our mission was to grow with New York. And our whole thinking was, let's bring all these individuals, these young professionals who just came out of college who don't really know the ropes, let them meet each other so that in 10 years from now, you already know who could be your potential doctor, your, your lawyer, your dentist, your partner, your lover, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whoever it may be, 
we wanted them to all meet at a DVD party. And so we grew our database of over 10,000 young professionals and we were doing paperless posts and Yvonne and I were hosting every single event, multiple events a weekend. But it was that relationship building that got us to that place because every single person we met through that door, we said hi to and we greeted and we hosted them. And we were able to create these connections for individuals and it was so much fun, but it was just understanding that at the core of it, these relationships were being seeded at our events and for the benefit of their future. It wasn't for us. You know, we just wanted to make their time in New York that much more memorable. I love it. And that's how you really create kind of this, this genuine, invaluable experience with customers. Now you're with the Female Founder Collective now, but I kind of want to take a couple steps back from your past life as a founder yourself. Can you speak to what that was like? Any learnings? Yeah, so I sort of look at that um, in two chapters, right? There's the first part where Yvonne and I had DBD, just us, best friends, roommates, business partners, making, you know, no office. So we were making very lucrative amounts of money, cash under our beds, um, and just having a lot of fun with it, not really taking it seriously. And I think that's the really special piece of it is that DVD was started as a hobby, as like a passion project for us, and then started to snowball into a real business. And then the second part was the piece of once we got acquired, coming in and co-founding this other business called Host Committee. And there's this quote that I love that says, surround yourself with people who feel like sunshine. And those early days of DVD was that feeling for us. You know, it was just, it was so fun. We were following our guts. And we were just enjoying every moment of it because it was all so new and it was so exciting. We got to do it together. And then, you know, the second chapter, it started to become a lot more serious. We were playing with investor money, real decisions had to be made. Um, and we took the approach to scale it. Um, basically host committee was the same concept, but there was a proprietary platform that we created to allow friends to invite their friends to the events and incentivize them for the more people they brought. Um, So it was really different. The learning, the true learnings there are honestly probably for another conversation. Um, But I think the best piece of it was, I feel very lucky to be able to like look back and see two different chapters of what being a founder can feel like. And it's almost like the experiences that you had to go through, and especially with both of those chapters, it, I guess for lack of better words, I mean, it gives you a competitive advantage of how you're going to be able to support founders in the future because you went through it all yourself. Oh my gosh, exactly. And and I think that's where I feel so lucky is, you know, I haven't felt the way I have felt being a 35-year-old woman working like this since the early days of DVD. God, it was almost 12 years ago. And I love it so much because the work that I do and working with all of our members and our community, I can empathize with where they're, what they're going through and how they're feeling, you know? And I wish more than anything, Yvonne and I had this type of community to rely on when we were growing our business. You know, we had our dads who were incredible, but it's a very different experience when, you know, we were two women in nightlife and we were surrounded by men and we didn't know, and every founder kind of learns the ropes as they go along, but 
the work that I can do every day and hear about the work we're doing at 10,000 Female Founder Collective and changing the way women are approaching their journey and embracing their journey and feeling supported throughout their journey just makes my heart so full because it's so something that I resonate with um, and wishing, you know, I had, but I didn't, but now like my work is almost in this like give back. And I just want and know what unbelievable impact we can have on these founders journeys. And I'm just so excited to help them, you know, from small introductions to other community members, to introductions to investors who can change the entire trajectory of their business. Of course. And, and that in itself just provides so much value to the founders and really to the members of the community themselves. So, you know, community has definitely been a theme word and you've been on both sides of the table. You've been a founder and also a senior level member. And based on your experience, how have you defined community and how do you use community as a means to almost bridge the gap between customers and brands? Well, I sort of look at it as a holistic approach in which you can't have one without the other. And we all live in communities every day, whether we notice them or not, right? My Nalgene, I'm part of a Nalgene you know, community of people who drink Nalgene's. And then there's gardeners and there's people who play soccer, play polo, love cars and hair and matcha and coffee, you know, and your, your habits and your hobbies are attaching you to these micro communities all over. And without the brands acknowledging that you exist and you purchase, use, experience, and share that either material or experience or viewership on the TV, it can't exist without you. And so there's a really big bridge in that, in which I think companies are finally noticing that the power of the community ultimately leverages the power of the brand. And I fully believe that within the next year, we're going to have a new C-suite seat at the table, and it's going to be a chief community officer because it over overarchingly works so closely with marketing. And, you know, I see that I work so closely with our head of marketing at FFC because you're marketing new members, but you're also like maintaining the growth of your current community. And so they work hand in hand. And I think it's a really beautiful way to get creative and think through the problem solving that needs to happen without just relying on numbers and how a user is, you know, engaging with the website and how, you know, what, what areas on the apps that they're experiencing and loving and what that user experience is very different to the user experience within a community. I completely resonate with everything you just mentioned. I reflect back on one of these quotes that a former mentor would always tell me is people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. And part of that why really is all encompassing of how your existing customers interact with you, how they talk to you, how they interact with one another as, as I guess this quote unquote community of your brand. So it's definitely all aligned. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to lead that and guide that. And I think that's where what we're doing with 10th house and FFC is really different because it's a community built for founders by founders. And we are taking the approach of listening to our members and giving them content and programming back based off of what they want. So they are indirectly leading how the formation and direction of where the community is going. I'm, I literally just sit here being a cheerleader for all of them, which is my happiest place. I think advocating for all the work 
everyone does in life, but especially women, um, especially those women who are, you know, still at their full-time jobs, bootstrapping a business idea with three kids. It's like, it's incredible. And you just see the passion that's driving it. And so again, if they're raising their hand and saying, I don't know which supply chain to use out of China to get my product back to the States. And there's another founder who raises her hand. She's like, I will tell you because I just went through that. There's a conversation that's happening and it's not just always with them, right? So then we go back to their head of programming and we create a conversation, a panel, an AMA in which members can listen and ask the questions because you're never the only one, right? Like, and so the cheers along the way, like, I think it is so important to just advocate for that like moment of celebration because it is such a long road, but there are so many moments to celebrate and it's so important. Completely agree. You know, something interesting about community is that it truly impacts all members within the ecosystem business executives, their team members, colleagues, and then also those within their respective marketplace. So how can we take these many layers and think through in a digestible format or a strategy on how to better connect with one another? Yeah, it's a great, that's a great question. My brain works in pictures. So I always have graphics and colors defining things. So I'm going to try to try to um, extract this as best as I can for you. But I sort of look at it as much as an ecosystem, sort of like a freshman or um, a high school or college student, right? So you have freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, and there's a life cycle that happens. And I think when you have the ability to connect, you know, the freshman comes in with like wide eyes, new to the journey, so excited, doesn't understand what's about to happen. And then you fast forward to the senior who has gone through everything, but sort of wants to create this mentor ability and teach what's below and you're just kind of learning all the things in between. There's so much to be done with a format and a strategy that is focused on connecting members, letting members network, letting network, letting members feel seen and heard, I think is so important to how they relate to the brand or the community within itself, because that showing that you're actually human and there's a humanization aspect to it and not just a number on a spreadsheet. And so authenticity in the way that you speak to your members, how they speak to each other, consistency, um, reciprocity, you know, this give get is everything, right? Like I am a huge stickler on no solicitation in our community. I just think that people the minute they start selling and selling and selling their offers and their products, you, you, you kill the vibe, right? Like you just, you take the soul out of the heartbeat a little bit because what I wanna create is a world where women are vulnerable and they can lose their shield and they can cry and they can ask for help and they can just throw their hands up and say, I'm so fucking tired of X, Y, and Z. Like I need support because we don't have to be so tough all the time. And so I think a strategy that's constantly looping back to those emotions and those feelings and letting women, especially now after COVID with this digital world and using all these platforms and it, it's actually working, I think in the favor of community because you have platforms that are built for creating community online, Mighty Networks, Circle, you know, some people still use Slack, On Deck uses Slack amazingly, um, Geneva and more coming DM, um, Emma's one of our, our members, but 
that strategy allows you to kind of root back into the humanization aspect of connecting with people. And I think if you look at it in that capacity, it creates a really easy way to create an ecosystem of connectivity among all the members, no matter where they are in their stages, because they can all learn from each other. And for the ones who do want to teach others, there's an opportunity for them to kind of teach the ones coming up. There's so much power in what you just said. And I almost reflect back on just my personal experiences as, as a woman, a woman of business and so forth. And society has really painted this picture that anytime that a woman in business or in a senior level position lets down their guard, shows any sort of emotion, it's almost seen as a sign of weakness. And what we take back from it is, okay, well, I can't be seen as weak. Like I, I need to show that I'm strong enough to go through these different battles myself. But at the end of the day, we have to, there needs to be a moment, there needs to be a place, an outlet for us in order for us to move forward. A hundred percent. And I like, I get so you know, there was a moment in time where all of my friends, we were always just doing the class. Um, Taryn Tooney's the class every God, Thursday, Friday, Tuesday, you know, and the, the feeling of screaming and yelling and crying and releasing that energy is so important. And, you know, I came up with this idea. I want to have a bonfire event where women can literally just come and cry and talk about the emotions that are going through with moving thousands of dollars from their saving accounts to bootstrap, you know, another portion of the business because they are just so passionate about it and they just want it to come to life and how tired they are and how hard it can feel. But while at the same time, it's so invigorating and it's so exciting. And, you know, I think we can't neglect that vulnerability to, 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 to remember that like, you're not alone in this, right? Like you are supported and there are people who can help you, but it's a lot. All moving into the right direction. Yeah. So driving into some more of those tactical elements, uh, do you see any opportunities to see community as a growth tactic to drive oh sales and lead generation? Yeah, without question. Uh, you, you could ultimately flip it on its head and say, you know, community can have both a top-down approach and a bottom-up. And I think when you're looking at it, Either way, your community is your group of ambassadors, right? I don't mean this with like, they have a bag of money on their head. Let's see how much they can purchase. It's people will share what they want to share, especially if they like it. And an experience is no different. And so growing a community of founders, there's, you know, all these founders are also in five other communities, right? So one, how do we separate it? But two, how do we figure out a way where they go back to these, you know, some CPG founders, you know, maker, maker founders, um, women of color founders, like it's, there's so many micro communities that we all sit in again. And so how do we create a world in which these founders go back to all their other founder communities and share what they're doing? But again, you know, we work, I work so closely with our, our head of marketing um, because all of these touch points are a piece of a conversation when a woman is sharing. And, you know, you go back to how men and women are wired and you have the hunters and gatherers, and we are still in gathering mindset and we would take care of the babies together. And we are so community driven as females. 
and women. And that still applies with everything we do. And especially coming out of COVID, I believe that women are just going to come and be like, I just, let's do this. You know, let's, let's, let's rally. Let's, let's figure out ways to help each other and support each other and lift each other. And, you know, how can I help with your business? I have this introduction, I have that introduction. And, you know, that mentality is all growth, right? And it's legion. And it's, it's these moments where women are talking about what they're part of, again, not just us and, you know, men and women are part of, but how do you, you know, tell you about this amazing candle that I'm now a loyal candle purchaser from because the company made me feel that I was there. And now I'm a natural social organizer promoting the candles, but it's all authenticity because I love what the candles have given me. And that's exactly it. So when we think about customer acquisition strategies, you know, in my lens, and I'm, I'm sure you can agree as well, one of the best tactics or kind of referral sources is word of mouth referrals. And in order to get word of breath referrals, you have to have a loyal community. You have to have someplace where people feel the value in it, where people feel the authenticity and people feel like they're actually part of something. And if they have that feeling, then they'll share it. They're going to share the word and it's just going to continue growing. We as humans want to be heard and we want to feel included. And that's all community is, right? Like, come sit with me, tell me about things. You know, I want to feel like I'm welcomed. And that's why I sort of, I run with this 10th house theme so much because it truly is a, you know, we want to welcome these founders home to a place in which they can grow and feel supported and not, not felt so lonely. You know, it can be, being a founder can be a very, very lonely experience. And if we can even make them feel slightly more in this togetherness, I'm happy. How do you envision brands to continue creating connections with their customers, especially when it comes to the potential gap between in-person and digital connections? Yeah, I think there's so much opportunity to leverage the community that you have available. I mean, you already have a handful, whether your community is 50 people or 50,000 people, you already have people who love what you're creating and making and building. And so, I mean, start there. It's like the lowest hanging fruit, right? But making them aware that you see them and show them that you know they're there and reminding them that you couldn't have a company without them is critical. And so, you know, whether that's content programming, um, loyalty programs, highlighting them, a philanthropic approach, you know, spending time, spend time learning about them, like set up a reward program, a referral program. And I think that ultimately feeds back into growing the community because people again are just, you know, waving their hands saying, I'm so proud to be a part of this. Look at all of this that they've given me. Um, and we did that, you know, with host committee, we had these incentives plopped in um, when people would invite their friends to these events. And it was everything from soul cycle classes to deal massages to complimentary Uber rides, bottle of champagne, you know, we just, and these small touches are just recognition of doing the work. And, you know, Aloe, Aloe did it similarly where their mission is to bring yoga to the world. And they looked at it from all of the teachers, you know, their community is defined by the teachers who teach yoga and all the fitness professionals. And, you know, we created events and experiences for them to meet each other because if they're not teaching yoga, yoga is not coming to the world. And yes, you should wear aloe while you teach, but 
it was this larger mission where it was like, we wouldn't be here without you. So join us on your, our journey and let's do this together instead of buy this, buy this, buy this. Um, I'm a big Delta girl. No, me too. I'm sorry, but I will not buy anything else. (laughs) Um, And one of the things that they've done is, is really create just this robust system. And system is just such a a business world and such a business word to to phrase it as, but they've really created this entire experience. That was, that's the word I was looking for (laughs) where you know, customers really feel like they're part of this larger brand, but still it's close knit. And I will fly just to a random spot just so that I can hit my next tier of my medallion status and be part of just this, this tighter knit community that Delta has, has created. Yeah. They've done an amazing job and I just have to, I'm confused because I used to have JFK and LaGuardia to fly out of, and now <laughs> LA like doesn't fly to that many spots. So I am, um, yeah, I, I love Delta, but they've done an amazing job. And anytime you can feel like you're part of a community and a massive brand like that, I mean, kudos to them. But I remember when Delta used to be like, don't expect luggage to arrive. Like I remember the old Delta. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> so funny. Well, any exciting things that w- coming up that we can expect from you and the FFC? Yes, we have so much. Um, we only launched a few months ago. And so, you know, Female Founder Collective has been around for about three years, co-founded by Rebecca Minkoff and Allie Wyatt. And they realized that there was just so much more to be done for founders. Um, So we launched the 10th House, which is our membership program of Female Founder Collective. So Female Founder Collective is still around, um, but we have some really cool things. You know, we're going to do our fall accelerator again. We have in real life events. We have so many exciting things uh, coming up, like our fall accelerator in-person events all over the country. Um, our Female Founders Day, which is just our day of massive programming, expert conversations, access. Um, you know, we have this, what I'm super excited about, and I live in a world of founders among friends as well as our members, but being able to bridge this gap for founders and um, investors to invest in female founders. I think there's huge opportunity there, and I think we're going to uh, be coming up with something super cool. I'm excited to share more on that when we can, but um, there's that world that just feels too siloed as is now. And um, there's plenty of investors who want to invest in female founders and there's plenty of founders who, female founders who would love to take the money, um, but it shouldn't be so hard and it feels really hard to find funding. And, you know, I think that's one of the most pressing conversations in the community is fundraising, how to, how to go about it, what happens at B to C and all of the, all of the things in between. So being able to be the catalyst for that change is really exciting for me. Um, yeah. And I just think it's like, you know, it's a growing community and it's growing every day and the members are so incredible. And I just get so much joy out of hearing all the pieces of the magic that happens behind the scenes. I think the hardest part about being a community builder is you only know the magic that's shared with you. And so a lot of it can happen, you know, underground and in the DMs and in the emails that you don't see in front of you. Um, but our members share it. And I just makes me love my work so much. It doesn't even feel like work. It's really like passion and play. <laughs> now, final question. If you could give advice to a young woman that is desiring to be a future entrepreneur, what would you share with them? Oh man, I would just tell her to go girl. Like you got this, you know, it's, it's such a ride and it's such a journey. And 
knowing what we have built with 10th house now you there are so many ways to be supported and there's so many women who have done it before you and there's so many women who are going to do it after you and i don't ever live in regret but you know the last thing you want is to not have taken the opportunity and life is short but life can be very long and just go just you'll figure it out you know no one no one knows how to do anything <laughs> Everyone figures it out, asks the questions, trial and error, and like, and just have fun. Just do it and have fun. Say yes, jump. We got you. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Carly, for your time. Thank and you, Eloisa, so much. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. Likewise, likewise. Well, as mentioned, make sure to check out the Female Founder Collective and the 10th House for your resource on entrepreneurship, leadership, and community. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast, and we'll catch you next time on The Joy.